This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Dine Local SD, serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Welcome to Dine Local SD Podcast number 27. I'm your host, Kelly Orange, and we are serving up the latest in the San Diego culinary world with a pinch of history. Today on the show, I have Executive Chef Tim Kalenko, a.k.a. Good morning, TK everybody. of Blue Ridge Hospitality. Thanks for having me. He's here again. Yay. <laughs> and then I also have Kat. Hi. Dine Local SD Kat. <laughs> um... So, talking about Blue Bridge Hospitality Day, you guys have a ton of brands. Um, and Blue Bridge Hospitality is a diverse group of restaurants based in and born out of a love for the city of Coronado. Yeah, yeah. Our owner is born and bred there. Um, so, that's where the focus is until we ventured into Liberty Public Market mm-hmm. and uh, Liberty Station. Um, and we got another one coming up uh, in Coronado in about a month. Oh, wow. So, What's that one? Uh, Can you pack, talk about it? Yeah, it's, okay. it's Westpac Noodle. Uh, oh. So it's going to be a noodle bar in the, the Westpac. It's a pretty cool idea um, that David had for the for the name, which, of course, leads to kind of the philosophy behind the whole thing, um, which is Westpac is the, the Western Pacific tour that the um, military does that are based mm. out of Coronado. Oh. So, and then, of course, that is that general area of all the cool yeah. places where all the noodle dishes are from. So we... Um, so we took our inspiration from that, and we can kind of pull from that whole region, different places. So we'll have like Dan Dan noodles, and you know, soba and udon and Yum. ramen, and a um, little bit of everything. So I like having noodle options. So I'm very excited because a lot of times people are like, "Let's go out for ramen," or "Let's go out for udon." Right. But like, I want a lot of noodles. Yeah, and I think <laughs> the I think the trick to it is to you know it's. When you do a ramen place, it's mm-hmm. fairly focused. And right. You can do it in a little small space and you don't need a lot of meat. This is a little more complicated. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, staying true to each dish and its region sure. and all of that. So um, the, our executive sous chef, Jared Becker, um, has been doing most of the R&D on it. He's he's just done an outstanding job. Cool. So all the tastings have gone well. And um, it's I'm excited. I'm excited to get it open because uh, we've joked it's going to be our, like, corporate cafeteria everybody at all the restaurants are going to be eating at Westpac every day so uh it's it's going to be a fun project that sounds really exciting and so do you have um i like when i think of blue bridge hospitality i the first thing that comes to mind is steak Mm -hmm. and then mood time Uh, ironically well that's uh i mean that makes a lot of sense to me okay um steak is kind of near and dear to my heart because when i got hired on as the executive chef i started as um kind of a consultant Mm -hmm. Um, and with Leroy's and uh, I think really David the owner was just sort of vetting me for the position because he knew he was going to hire a chef for the company mm, Yeah, and um, and that went well and he offered me the job and that was when he pitched the idea he said we're going to open a steakhouse and um, I-, I wasn't super excited about the idea of a steakhouse like I'm more of a veggie kind of produce driven mm-hmm. chef I think um, I like you and uh <laughs> But once we got into the project and I realized there's a wood fire oven and then we started writing the menu and um, I got to be really um, involved in the whole process. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was the first time I got to actually um, design a kitchen and awesome. buy all the equipment and the whole thing from beginning to end. Um, and so I really, I, I love steak. I kind of feel like it's cool. mine a little bit. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's 
my favorite place to kind of cook usually. Um, like a home base kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I say that, but then I love cooking at Leroy's and Maritalia <laughs> yeah. has been super fun. So um, I, I, I cook at all of them, but uh, I feel like steak, you know, I got to be, be part of the beginning of it. Yeah. So Nice. And then, of course, Moo Time, that's, that's where the company started. Okay. It all began with Moo Time. It's been like, I think, 18 years or something like that. Wow. And, um, you know, to, again, David's credit, uh, he and his cousin and partner Leroy, um, they built Moo Time from, from, they literally laid the tile in Moo Time. And wow. they're very hands-on and very involved in construction and all that stuff. So, um, and he used to actually spin the ice cream in the back of Moo Time, which if, if you ever saw that space, it's like this <laughs> tiny little space. <laughs> and, um, and then of course, uh, years later, we finally built a ice cream production facility mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that we can keep up with the volume. Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> um, so how many brands do you guys have? That's a good question. I don't really. It's like like, nine-ish, I think. Yeah, so I'm just going to read them off. Our producer, Judy, she pulled this up for me. (laughs) Mood Time Creamery, scooped by Mood Time, which is in Liberty Station. Mm -hmm. Which is also crafted. Oh, and crafted. Crafted, scooped. That's kind of like one thing. It's like two things. Mm -hmm. Crafted and scooped. Yeah, yeah. our executive pastry chef, Lori Sauer, who's amazing. She she runs that show over there. Lori's the bomb. Yeah, Yeah. she's awesome. (laughs) Um, Leroy's Kitchen and Lounge, which is right next to Moo Time, right? Yes. They're like, they're connected they're actually. Connected. Yeah. That, oh, that back cool. area where they made all the ice cream is also where the Kitchen. Uh, dish machine lives oh. for Leroy's. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's all. Uh, Little Piggy's Bar Barbecue. Yep. At, at uh, the Ferry Landing. Yeah. Yeah. Then Steak Chop House and Bar. Village Pizzeria. Where's that? Times two. Okay, oh, you guys have one in two. So there's one in uh, one at the Ferry Landing right okay. next to Little Piggy's where yep. we have a uh, Coronado Coffee also. We have a little coffee um, kiosk down there uh, in between the two. And then we have uh, the original one we call OG is on uh, Orange Avenue. Nice. Right across the street from Martalia. Okay. The yeah. Newest ones. And then Bottlecraft? Yeah. So we um, we operate Bottlecraft. It's, a, it's kind of a partnership mm. um it, it's it's brian jensen's thing mm-hmm. it, it, it's bottle craft all the way but just due to the licensing situation we um we run the one at liberty station at liberty and yeah. that's so and mess hall is mess hall still mess hall or so what? mess hall is the bar now so we got rid of the, the kitchen we we leased that space out we got rid of mess mm-hmm. hall restaurant which was like it was sad for me because oh. that was a yeah. really super fun kitchen we were working on that for a while yeah and i it was just a um I mean, we knew it was never going to be like a gangbuster moneymaker's mm-hmm. little tiny restaurant. It was more about just making uh, an eclectic mix in the market and adding something to the market mm-hmm. that was going to be cool. Um, for me, it was super fun because we had like the best kitchen set up in the world where you have an open kitchen and this yeah. big, huge table in front of a wood fire oven. And you could just yeah. stand there and cook and like literally walk the food to the so guest good. as the chef like um, every day. So um, plus you have the market traffic walking by, which is um, – it, it does not lend itself to productivity very well, <laughs> but it's really fun. It was True, a fun place a to cook. Um, but again, as the market developed, we just decided that it, we were better off with all the stuff we had going on Coronado um, just to lease that space out. So now there's um, uh, dough balls and I forget the other name of the business that went in there, but, uh, but we operate the bar. So this whole area is still called mess hall. And then the cocktail bar is the mess hall bar. Got it. And that's, that's still under our Right. Direction. And so on one end there's bottle craft, right. Where you can purchase different kind of, even in the bottle, in the can. Yep. Retail, um, by craft. the glass, there's, uh, 24 taps. I think it is. Um, and you can get like a little baby beer, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's my favorite part three about different that. Sizes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and, and they just do an amazing job of, of just getting cool beer. They yeah. have like a really diverse selection of beers mm-hmm. all the time. So, um, yeah, Bottlecraft is definitely one of my one of my uh, favorite places to be Hang when out. I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great because you can just go in there and it's it's at the at one end of of uh, Liberty Station. Yeah, or it's the like the starting point, kind of right? right. And so mess hall is kind of like the communal eating space exactly. as well. Exactly. So they have all the tables that you can sit at, and then the bar along one side, and it opens up into the outdoor area, um, and then the other side opens up right into the market. So yeah, you right. can kind of like. There's so many people coming and going. It's such, it's crazy. It's it's like a really, it's a really fun place to just sit and people watch. Yeah. Yes. And then try, you can try out a bunch of different kinds of, you know, food. I mean, fish bones there and there's, there's all kinds of great. Yeah, flavors. there's a bunch. In fact, later on today, I got to go um, walk some people around the market, do a little <laughs> media tour. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's cool and it's, I mean, it was just an insanely complicated project to get off the ground. And there was a lot of naysayers who were like, mm. oh, this is never going to work. And yeah. um, people who had, you know, been a part of other um, proposed markets who were kind of soured on the idea of it in general. And um, there's a lot of hurdles to get over for us. And so it's great to see all the traffic in there now. And then it's, yeah. it's fun to see the evolution of it because it's one of those things that will just continually evolve and sure. grow for forever, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. it was a lot. I mean, I remember walking through it when it was bare bones, really. And, yeah. you know, all the stalls were kind of being put in. And I couldn't really envision, you know, what what yeah. you guys had envisioned. Right. And it's it's so amazing to see from that point to where it's at now. And that's, you know, how long? And when did it open? Two, Two years ago? I think it's been about like, that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's been. So, and it, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like the traffic has I no, feel like the traffic has grown. Oh, for it's, sure. Yeah. It's steady, yeah. And and we kind of anticipated that. We didn't anticipate just the onslaught that happened when we yeah, opened the insane. doors. That was totally yeah. crazy. There was so much excitement around it. Like, yeah. San Diego gets their first public market. Like, I remember being like, we're finally cool. You yeah. Know, like. I think um, one of the things that's interesting, and this is the same with every restaurant that I've ever been a part of from opening um, – which is you have this initial vision of like, we're going to do this cool thing and it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, you're like, the game plan has shifted yeah. in some direction or another because you have to, right? You got to yeah. be nimble and you have to change. And so to see what the market is now, what it's going to be, what's coming, um, and then to go back, I actually came across like um, an initial set of plans, mm. like early plans <laughs> for the market. And I was looking through it the other day when yeah. I was like organizing my office or at home or whatever. And um, and it's funny because it's it's very different than what the yeah. original plan was. and. Um, so that part of it's, it's always interesting to yeah. see the process. And then you guys also have grape smuggler in there, which is weird that I haven't been there yet. Uh, well, yeah. that's about. because we don't. Oh, so oh. that's one of the things. Well, then never mind. I'll exactly. just mark this off here. No, I, again, it was there. <laughs> what we did going into it was, um, I mean, we really were, we had a hard time filling all the spots. Mm-hmm. Um, we really thought like, oh, we're going to create this, this opportunity. We, we, um, made it in, uh, we set it up in a way so it was easy to get in financially. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the conversations that uh, David and I had on early on was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to get small local businesses and artisan producers and, and people who are um, going to be there every day in their business, representing their businesses, sure. which was the vision. Um, we have to make it easy for them to get in. If it ha- if there's all these, you know, crazy mm-hmm. credit, you know, stuff to get through to, um, to get in the market, it's not going to work. And that all started around farmers because, of course, we wanted to have a little produce stall in there, which didn't work because most farmers have no interest in running a produce stall. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's – I just completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so 
the grape, grape smuggler. smuggler. The gra- yeah. So the grape smuggler was one of the things that we did ourselves because mm. we were filling spaces and we were like, well, this would be cool. We can't find somebody to do this thing in there that we want to do. Um, that also tied back to the very complicated liquor license situation. Mm. Um, and so we operated it. But eventually, as we had more demand to fill the spaces, we never intended to have sure. all these things that we were operating in the market. Right. We took on more than I think we really wanted to. Um, and mess hall was kind of the same thing. Like once the opportunity came where it was – easy to lease the space away. Um, we, we wanted to focus our efforts on, on the bigger projects that we had coming down the pipeline. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. We can yeah. have bigger projects. Oh uh-huh. yeah. What are they? <laughs> so Martalia, uh, which is the current one. And that's, um, we kind of quietly took over Vigilucci's and Coronado at the beginning of the summer and changed the name and, and changed the, the menu. Um, and that's still evolving. We have some more plans to, to do some, uh, remodeling in there and, mm-hmm. um, that's exciting. I'm really excited to, for the things that we have coming. Um, but, uh, that, and that's a big restaurant. It's like yeah. 200 and something, 230 seats, Ooh. 240 seats, which is Ooh. a lot bigger than <laughs> yeah. Steak or Leroy's yeah. or um, the other places that we operate. So um, so we definitely needed some focus on that. And, and that's where I've been spending most of my time lately. And then, of course, we're developing Westpac, which we talked about. And that's going to open probably very beginning in November. If cool. all goes well. Nice. All right. So, uh so yeah, we needed to focus some of our energies on that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so you could take away like the the things that you knew would be spaces that were. Yeah, because you know we're the the master tenant, so we lease the spaces at the market mm-hmm. to other people, and therefore you can get revenue without having to sure. manage it yourself. And it just it makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. It's kind of switching gears a little bit. So um, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this question, so I might just ramble for a bit, but. I'm curious about what it's like for you to oversee so many different operations that are all so diverse and um, what kind of like what role you have in menu development across the board and what it's a multi-part question and what role (laughs) you have um, in like team development. Cause I see on Instagram that you're doing like cool classes and like team development. So I'm just curious to hear all of that. Well, I think that, um, the, the team develop that's a great way of putting it. team development is it's everything mm-hmm. that's is uh my primary role and i think it's uh one of the interesting things and challenging things about my job over the last uh f- i guess it's been about 4 years now um has been that it continually evolves and changes so like having like a set schedule or a right. day-to-day routine doesn't really hasn't existed in my world for four years because yeah. it's every six months or whatever it is, there's either a new project yeah. or there's, you know, there's always stuff going on. So um, building the team is really like the core, like number one thing that you have to do mm-hmm. um, for survival. Yeah. <laughs> really. Right. But um, it's also something that I enjoy a lot. Mm-hmm. I really like um, just like the mentoring and the, and the teaching and, um, and the uh, the team building, yeah. So, and and having a and having a really strong team of chefs is everything. Yeah. So I mentioned Jared uh, Becker, executive sous chef. He was a um, one of the latest additions to the team before we took on Maritalia. Um, he he's been really key, and that's allowed me to have days off, which is cool. nice. Yeah. Um, and and then he's at stake. He's all over. So he's oh, the he's executive sous chef, and he primarily oh. oversees the casual concepts, which mm. again has helped take like. You know, it's yeah. a, a way for me to delegate some of the stuff off my plate. Um, and so he can directly oversee them. And then he's developing Westpac, which is falls into the casual concept um, kind of category. 
And, um, and then of course, Ronnie Schwant, who runs Leroy's Kitchen and Lounge, he's been there. That's he and I started working together when, when cool. I started with the company, he was already at Leroy's and, uh, I pretty quickly promoted him to the chef of that restaurant because mm-hmm. he was just awesome. He was the nice. sous chef at the time. He's great. And yeah, I mean, he's the man, he's been my right hand. I've, I've leaned heavily on him for the whole four years. And then, um, of course, Andrew Kedziora at Stake, mm-hmm. who's done an amazing job. Again, he started at Stake. He and I had worked together in the past um, mm-hmm. at the fishery. Oh, cool. And uh, he was a sous chef there for my really dear friend, uh, Paul, who's the chef of the yeah. fishery. And uh, and so we got Andrew to come on as uh, the sous chef, opening sous chef of Stake, and they promoted him to chef de cuisine there. Awesome. And then, of course, we got Lori, uh, Lori Sauer yeah. at Crafted as our executive pastry chef. And she and I have history. She and I had worked together in the past as well. Um, so I, I guess the dividends of being in San Diego for 15 ish yeah. years now starting to pay off because <laughs> right? some of these people I've worked the with return. before yeah. come, come on board with Bluebridge. So, yeah. um, so building that team has been really super satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that, uh, sort of fills the void of not having the ownership of sure. being in one restaurant. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I love being a chef. I love being in the kitchen. I love yeah. the the quietness of being the first one in in the morning yeah. and oh, having that's the whole my favorite part. yourself. That's right? my like, total favorite part. And I still mm-hmm. do that some, from time to time, but I've, I've had to uh, allow myself to not do that in order to be able to do this bigger picture stuff, sure. like put classes together for the cooks. And um, so we've really focused from, from day one on education. I, I've always felt strongly about that. Mm-hmm. And um, to be able to have all these, um, all these different locations and all these employees gives you a greater opportunity to develop a program like yeah. that. And then of course now I have time because I don't have to be in the kitchen first thing in the morning opening right. or whatever. So, yeah. um, so that's really where of, of late I have tried to focus even more mm-hmm. time and energy on just the, the training of cooks, the development of cooks. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a lot of people who haven't been to culinary school. Mm-hmm. We have some um, cooks that have never worked in any other kitchen before. And we've had a lot of success with those young cooks and grooming them. And it just occurred to me that like, we, we kind of owe it to them. And so few cooks, like I did a bread class was the last yeah. one I did. And that was really fun. And that's something that I've learned more recently. I didn't have an opportunity to do bread mm-hmm. in my career. I mean, I did it in school, but right. that doesn't really, I mean, yeah. it's like, like an one, intro. It's one a, day, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so once we started making um, bread at, at mess hall and at steak, um, that became a passion. And I thought, God, all these cooks, like so few cooks even have an opportunity to make yeah. bread ever. Right. Um, and if they do, maybe it's a random loaf of something here or there. And so to be able to give them exposure to that and teach them um, the fundamentals of bread is just like one thing that I feel like every cook should have. Right. And do you feel that as you're developing um, these young cooks and and your team that there's almost more loyalty to you guys? And and considering that you're such a large uh, restaurant group with so many different concepts, I'm thinking like as a young cook, if I was getting started – I and I'm like, oh, I could learn how to bake bread, and then I could learn how to make ramen, and then I could go to Bingo. fine dining. That's it. It's like it seems like the jackpot, right? Yeah, and in theory, it is. Um, like people like you and I can think about that as chefs and yeah. say, like, oh, this is like the perfect scenario that right. we making that all work yeah. I mean, is much more complicated, <laughs> and and we're learning that every day and every week because. Um, I, I'd mentioned to you guys before the show we have this weekly chef meeting, right, where all the executive chefs and uh, of each store and I get together and we, uh, and a lot of what we talk about is what I call the chess game. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. who's ready for a move? Who's getting antsy? Who's been here long enough? Who's learned everything they can learn in this kitchen? Yeah. Where's the next place for them to go? Who's a better fit here? Where, you know, who has a need there? And so, um, part of my goal is to create as much opportunity for movement as mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big selling point for us to come work with Bluebridge. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that coupled with the educational components that we're adding in um, really does make it um, an appealing place to come work, hopefully. Totally. Um, and, and I'm really proud of that. Like I said, it's a big part of my focus and it's something that I'm looking to grow. It's, um, it's been, a, it's, it's a really good idea. Again, just finding the time to right. put on a class and, and getting some structure behind it. And then, you know, it's a great idea to move cook a to restaurant B, but then that leaves a hole at restaurant a, and then sure. <laughs> it's, a lot of coordinating. it's a lot of coordinating. And then there's a lot of haggling between the chefs of like, well, I need this or I got to have that, you know? And so, yeah. um, the actually making it happen is hard, but, um, we have had some success and we have had people move between restaurants and, um, and it, it's gone well. I'm, I'm hoping we can get to a point where we really can just have, like you said, like kind of a rotation where a cook starts at the pizzeria right. and works yeah. for six months mm-hmm. and then they go to barbecue and then they go to noodle. Right. And, and, and if you could come and have a program where you could spend, you know, three or four or five years at Blue Bridge and work in three or four or five mm-hmm. restaurants, um, what we could offer as far as training for a cook and for them to be able to move on after that three or four or five years, I think would be be pretty awesome yeah definitely and sorry i'm just very interested on this topic um i'm not interrupting okay i'm listening (laughs) i mean i i've just done some hiring recently and so i got to experience firsthand the line cook apocalypse oh it's crazy they i mean crickets well, and, and some of this has been born out of necessity. That's what I'm right? wondering, like, right? Because, like, there are no – I shouldn't say no. I don't like to be an extremist here. But very few. Very few <laughs> cooks. And then you look at their resume, the ones that do show – the ones that, A, apply and then actually show up. You're like, whoa, two out of 50. Sweet. Right. And you look at their resume and it's like, oh, you were six months here, a year there. And you ask them about it. And they're like, I got bored or I kind of outgrew that kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, with this setup, right. it's – it's built in. And, and part of it, you know, the day-to-day management of, of the staff and that this thing too is um, you have to engage with the cooks. Mm-hmm. You have to like, you have to sit down with them and know what their hopes and fears and dreams are, right. you know, to be able to create the right opportunities. Um, because we have so many. I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of a fun part of my job to be able to sit down with them and say, okay, so what do you want? What is your yeah. end goal? And like, for instance, I have a couple of cooks who, you know, told me that they aspire to have their own business. So I tell them, I say, all right, well, if you want to sit down for an hour a week, mm-hmm. like you just got to tell me what day and what time and we'll schedule it and I'll sit down and we'll talk about your idea and I can explain to you how a business plan works and yeah. what you need and like give you some direction and help you put some kind of meat on the bones of this idea. Um, and, you know, along in that process, most of the time, it's like, it's very eye-opening. Yeah. They don't understand how complicated it is. Um, but uh do they do, then develop like a different appreciation for the job that they're doing? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> like, that's a fringe benefit of it all. <laughs> yeah. um, but but the other thing that we have done that we've had some success with that I'm really proud of is um, we we started and Leroy's had started on this program before I started there, um, where they were hiring from um, the the drug court out of IB. Oh, cool! And they have a very cool program. There's several of them throughout the city, but of course IB is the closest one to us in Coronado. Mm. Um, where they provide housing and it's a, um, it's an 18 month program where they're all housed together. They have to go to meetings daily. And then I think it's like every, uh, every six months out of the 18 months, there's sort of different phases where they gradually have less and less responsibility to the program. Sure. And then they phase out back into the real world. And, um, part of the program is they have to work so many hours a week. So they're very motivated to work, which is helpful in in a tough job market. Um, but what we found is a lot of these, um, these people who come from the program, they um, 
don't, of course, they don't have a lot of direction. They've been in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them don't have a lot of career, you know, direction or work experience. And so we start them out as dishwashers. And then there are certain ones who are, you know, we see potential in. Yeah. And then we pull them aside and we sit them down and we go, look, you know, here's, here, this can be a career for you. This can be a life for you. Or do you want in? And when they commit, then we start training them to be cooks. And we have several cooks in the program now, um, in, in our Blue Bridge program that are from that program. <laughs> Uh, who are succeeding and in, in doing a, an amazing job. Awesome. Um, and, I, and I find that people from that program, uh, once they make it that far, they tend to be really good cooks, too, yeah. which is a nice um, kind of realization because they have some grit. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't kind of wimp out. Right. Like, you know, it's a right? gritty like, job. You know, they come out of culinary school and they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be a chef. And yeah. then they get into a 60-hour week and grind it out. And they're yeah. like, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. So, um that's very cool. So that's a that's a, a really cool thing that we've had. And we have some really um, some great employees that I'm just super excited about yeah. mentoring and teaching. And again, that goes back to the classes and why mm-hmm. we do it, because those guys, they haven't had any culinary training. Sure. So that's amazing. Yeah. So you guys can see some of um, TK's uh, classes and kind of things that are going on on his Instagram account, which is Chef Tim Kalenko. When, when, and, I, when I get around to posting. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean... He was really on it for for a bit, like, like but, a week. <laughs> but you, I mean, the I, I remember seeing like starting to see when you posted, yeah, and I was like, like "Oh, wow, he's ramping it up." TK's on it. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying. I'm I'm making yeah. an effort. I'm making more of an effort. It's not something I ever really. Um, I just didn't prioritize it or make a lot of time for it. It's hard for all chefs, I think. It's hard, to, yeah. To but I mean, stop I stop in the middle of something. When I saw this, I was I saw your stuff. I was like, okay, well not being for me someone who's not in the kitchen you know like seeing all the things that you post were really interesting like a lot of the different um classes and kind of (laughs) you know like you said your bread making class you're posting about that and like stuff like that that was really interesting to me like the way that blue bridge works Mm -hmm. in their training programs um and you know showing the hands-on kind of stuff was really interesting to me and you guys should be able to see it on your well and i think um part of my motivation when i have gotten more active on social media. And when I go through my spurts, my fits and spurts of (laughs) posting, um, is really just, it occurred to me one day that, um, the, the story behind what we do, the, the actual effort that we put into handcrafting things and making things from scratch. And, um, whether it's the, all the crazy meat that we source at steak and the butchery and the cutting steaks by hand and all that stuff that we, um, have done the pasta making there. You see Bobby making pasta at Maritalia. The first thing we did when we took over Vigilucci's and, and made it into Maritalia was we went out and we bought a, an amazing pasta machine and we started making fresh pasta every single day. We made focaccia every single day. So um, I think just the effort that goes into those things um, is something that we want. That's a story that we want to tell. We yeah. want people to understand um, the fact that I go to the farmer's market and load up my truck every Sunday and you know, like that's, those are stories that I think it's important for people to understand mm-hmm. um, what's, what's behind it all and what's going into the food. Right. It's interesting and it's really fun to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun. And then of course, you know, I, I'm shamefully, I don't post enough because I, there's so much content to be, you know, in any yeah. given day I can be right. three or four restaurants. Oh, so there's totally. always like, there's you always somebody stuff. somebody that follows you around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, cause it's like, there's so much content, but Having the time to actually, yeah. you know, like you could take the picture, but having the time to formulate the right. content and of what you're going to say, and everything yeah, else. That stuff, and, it does yeah. take a little bit of time. Well, and just and just to be able to mentally disengage from whatever it is you're doing right. at that moment. I mean, you know, again, because I'm in three or four restaurants in a day, like my time is often, you know, 
valuable for that right. little amount of time that I'm in, in the kitchen or sure. in that restaurant. I'm and focused to be on very focused. trying to do something productive in that yeah. restaurant at that moment. So right. uh, um. totally uh, unusual question for our podcast, but <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, how, like, how do you oversee so many restaurants and stay focused like, what's your? Do you have like productivity tips or like a schedule oh, system? I wish I could use it. If there's any like life coaches out there, people who are good at that stuff, and they want, I, I could use some advice. Um, but again, like I said, it's just it's been a constant evolution, which yeah. is, I think is a it's a challenge, um, and, and that's part of what I like about it. Yeah, I right. want to be challenged, so that's one of the good things. Um, but figuring it out, I mean, like I said, from one week to the next, it's just always totally different. different. You're kind of just, uh, just making it happen and relying heavily on, on the good team of chefs that, sure. that we have. And, yeah. um, like I said, that's really been what has made it work, cool. um, and learning how to delegate, which is often hard for chefs. Yeah. Um, and has been hard for me <laughs> and, um, I'm very slowly learning and out of necessity that you, uh, that you can't. So, um, you can't be in there and see everything and do everything and, and, and touch every, you know, every dish. Right. So, um, I think that's just the key is just learning how to delegate and let yeah. go a little bit. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I said, operating, uh, David, my boss calls it operating at 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting out of the minutia of the day to day and really focusing on bigger picture stuff like training programs, sure. and developing cooks and hiring cooks and you yeah. know, just finding good people. Like that's, that's actually more important to the program now than right. being in there and making focaccia yeah. Monday morning. Right. Right. Italia. Yeah. Like, and I think taking ownership of, of the training stuff is, allows you to kind of have that little bit like, okay, well, I'm going to put my my knowledge to good use and, and right. train yeah. them what I know so that they can do, you know, take it and use it and take what they know right. and, yeah. and, and make, make it their own in a way, you know, like, but make it so that it's acceptable right. <laughs> for well, business. You yeah. Know? And, and I think part of that also and what I've learned or kind of started to figure out is that uh, what I kind of bring to the equation in the whole program is, is a philosophy. And that's what I learned from Jeff a lot of, you know, it's just the approach and the way we do things and why we do them. And so kind of just preaching that continually in in the classes are the perfect venue for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I keep going back to the focaccia, which really is delicious, by the way. It is. Uh, I had it last week. It is delicious. (laughs) Um, But uh, that, you know, there's, there's somebody in the restaurant that makes focaccia first thing in the morning. There's a guy at steak, for instance, who's in there making the sauces and the bread at seven o'clock in the morning every day. And the PM cooks like half the time, they don't even see that person, mm-hmm. let alone know that the process of what's going on in the morning. So, um, again, just making sure that everybody understands philosophically why we do things and, yeah. and why I, you know, make the trek to the farmer's market or even come over here to specialty and walk through the, you know, the farmer's market cooler and trying to find the right stuff and the best stuff and yeah. being in season. Um, instilling that philosophy in them, I think is the most important thing because it gets them to do the work the right way for us, but also then they're going to take that and wherever they go mm-hmm. and hopefully eventually grow into chefs and then apply those same philosophies. And that's, that's the, that's 50,000 feet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the big long-term right. impact. So, um, so you talk about Jeff, mm-hmm. maybe elaborate a little more. On uh, I mean, he's my friend and mentor <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's the man, the grand poobah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I can't say enough nice things about him. I love the guy. He's um, not only is he an outstanding chef, um, great mentor, but just a great human being who has a really twisted and hilarious sense of humor. (laughs) And, um, you know, we worked together for 10 years. So um, this is Jeff Jackson. Jeff Jackson, yeah, Logitory Pines. Um, He's been there since I was there for part of the opening team uh, in 2002 and was there until 2012 and was the chef de cuisine of Air Valentine. 
So we worked closely together. And I think my time with him was really valuable for many, many reasons. Like I said, the philosophy being probably the, the main one. But one of the other things that I learned from him was that when I became chef de cuisine in the restaurant, I, he worked very closely with me for the first maybe six months or so. And then, um, and then really kind of let me have it, you know, and he, he was around and he'd see stuff and he'd give me pointers and I'd go to him with questions and, and we'd work on special menus together and all that stuff. But he really allowed me a great deal of creative flexibility and, um, allowed me to grow as a chef with that and, and, and really drive the, the, um, kind of the creative process behind the, the dinner menu at Air Valentin and, I think that was a really valuable lesson now because that's how I manage the chefs that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't go in there and tell them exactly what to do with each dish or I don't, I don't even make them, you know, taste every dish with me before it goes on the menu. Sometimes it's just a phone call, you know, they call me up and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about putting this on the menu and I have this, this, and this, and I'd maybe ask a couple of questions and be like, yeah, that sounds great. And um, so they really manage their own menus and, and I, and I let them, let them do their thing. Um, and I think that was a valuable, it might've been harder for me to let go of that. Yeah. Had I not had that experience with Jeff, he set a good right. example. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. yeah. The lodge, um, is a, is a great location too. Oh. I can't imagine working there. I've actually never, years. I've never eaten there. Oh, shame on you. I know. I, I can't tell you how painful it was for me for the whole 10 years that I was there. Cause I'd hear that continually yeah, like, week in and week out. And it is, it's a little out of the way, but I, I think it's. Um, I mean, it's really impressive that the culinary program has been so strong for so long there. Um, and Kelly Crossan, who um, who worked with me for a little while and is the chef de cuisine now at Air Valentin, just does an amazing job. They just did a huge remodel on the on the remodel on the grill, mm-hmm. which is the casual restaurant downstairs. And so that's um, they've really upped the bar in that restaurant. So um, it's it's an amazing place. I think one of the other cool things about um, that program and now things have changed dynamically um whatever it is 15 17 years later um when we opened the lodge jeff had all these connections from santa monica and we actually had foragers who went through the santa monica market much like specialty produce does now and we would get these these bi-weekly deliveries um from the market and jeff would place the order in the morning with the forager who'd go to one or several markets in the day and um talking about driving the creativity, he did it in a way without telling me what to cook, but he would bring in the product. Uh, yeah. And so you'd literally come in on Thursday morning and you'd see the order written on the board and you'd know what was coming. And you're like, okay, here's all this stuff, cook it. And that was how the creative process, I mean, that was what drove the creative process was the product. And I think that goes back to the philosophy of like the way I want to cook and the way I try to drive, mm-hmm. the, excuse me, the program. Um, is, is I, if, if the product is driving the process, then you're, you're doing the right thing. If right. you're spending more time, um, finding good product than you are actually handling the product, chances are we're cooking the way that I want to be cooking. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that goes back to Jeff and the, in the way he did it. And sometimes it was maddening cause you'd have like two cases of broccoli spigarello and you're like, <laughs> what am I going to do with all this spigarello? <laughs> and you have to find a way to use it. But again, that, um, you know, that drives creativity yeah. and it makes you come up with things that you wouldn't have otherwise. So cool. Okay, I'm gonna go eat there. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, um, let's go. Okay. His, yeah, I, I mean, this, and the other, you know, one of the other unique things about the lodge, and I'll keep rambling on about, is um, <laughs> is Jeff directly oversees the lunch menu, mm. and then uh, Kelly, the chef de cuisine, oversees the dinner menu. This is at Air Valentine, mm. and um, and so seldom do you have a place. A lot of times, lunch menu is kind of an afterthought, right? right for yeah. most places. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about lunch in general. 
right. is always an afterthought. <laughs> right. And so I think that's one of the things that has made Air Valentine exceptional is for the entire, you know, length of the, mm-hmm. of the restaurant now. Um, Jeff focuses on lunch and the chef cuisine focuses on dinner. And so you have two totally different menus huh. um, that are, you know, there's, there's a small amount of crossover, but there's two different staffs, two different menus, two different chefs overseeing it. So you have a really, um, you have an exceptionally good lunch yeah. menu there. Orange department yeah, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so besides the new projects, is there are there any new new things coming up for you guys? Oh, no. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, Take a little break from that. I mean, there's always projects, you know, that are out there. I think the market was a huge catalyst for us as a group. I mean, it just put us on the map. Everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I think before that. Um, you know, people maybe had been to Leroy's or, or had heard, you know, steak was, gave us some street cred, but, um, the market really is just like blew it up. And yeah. so now, you know, people come to us with projects and ideas and stuff. So there, there's always stuff on the table for discussion. Um, but yeah, nothing in the works, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a lot catching up to do yeah. in March. Holidays are right around. around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure 2018 we'll have the next thing, uh, uh, in the works or, or getting a little more serious about another project. But, yeah. um, we have, a, we have a commissary and, um, that we've, you know, talked about growing in some fashion or doing a storefront out of and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, but again, there's, these are all things that are just like, yeah, someday, yeah, right. you know, nothing, nothing immediate. Right. So, um, my pretty, our producer, Judy, Ashley's filling in today for Judy. Oh, she, <laughs> uh, she had a question about the name of Blue oh, Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Coronado Bridge, right? Yeah, that's, that's what she said. And we were like, oh, we were like, oh my God. I can't tell you how many emails I have not gotten because they sent it to Blue Ridge Hospitality. Uh, so we finally just changed the email to BBHCA, which is so much easier uh, than having to spell out Blue Bridge Hospitality. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's where it all started. It was uh, it was not a life for a long time before that. Oh. And then again, uh, I don't know how long it's been now. Maybe oh, yeah. two years ago or so. I um, remember with yeah. steak and everything. We we yeah. called cool. it Blue Bridge and yeah. changed it all over. So nice, not a life. <laughs> I remember. That. I like. I remember that as well. Um, so I know that you are also part of Chef Celebration, or we are. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and speaking of the lodge, we have that <laughs> big stuff coming up. Yeah, San Diego Beer Week, November. What's the date on that? November eleventh, twelfth. I think 12th? it is. Yeah, second week in November, um, right yeah. end of Beer Week. Um, there it yeah. is, November twelfth. Um, yeah, I mean it's going to be amazing. How many chefs do we have? Twenty uh, chefs. 14, Whoa. Fourteen chefs. Twenty-eight beers. Twenty-eight beers. Crazy. Yeah. Um, we're still figuring out all the things. The stuff that goes along with that with Ooh, our that's a nice get, yeah, lineup. Get, get tickets oh now. It sells gosh. out every year. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing crap. event. I mean, the setting is awesome. Every year, every year that I go, I'm I'm always and I'm gluten free, so like trying to it's Yeah, hard, I can't yeah. go and like just drink the beer, but I bring someone with me usually. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's 20, I mean, 28 beers, but it's, you know, three hours of a gorgeous, you know, overlooking the ocean and, you know, the Troy Pines um, golf course. And, and I, mean, I, I think one of the things that's cool about this and uh, Celebrate the Craft, which is a lodge event, which is the month before that is similar, um, mm-hmm. where chefs and brewers when they come to this event like they're they're excited to be part of it and they really bring it mm, like yeah. they, they they're bringing their best a lot of times oh, they'll yeah. have an extra beer in their back pocket or they're bringing <laughs> something they're super proud of and and chefs are kind of making the extra effort with the dish that they bring to this one because uh it's just it's a well-attended uh well-respected event and it's one that you should definitely not miss if you get the chance yeah. to go the food is just 
it's just crazy. I don't know. Like, I always feel like the the price for this event, it just, you know, it's just so amazing. Like, I don't know, $85 for 14 different chefs. And it's a it's, steal. Yeah. I mean, it's just de- like delicious. It's just delicious. And I think there was one year we were like afraid it was going to rain. And then, <laughs> of course, it didn't in right. San Diego. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always just a beautiful, really fun day. Every, you know, Jeff. all the chefs are actually there. You know, serving their food and yeah, the and, brewers and are there, and everyone's yeah, really like proud you of said. Anybody food. who hasn't been to the Logitory Pines, like that's a great way to go and experience just that property because yeah. it's the Royal Terrace where it's held is beautiful, and the view and the hotel, the whole thing, it's pretty pretty outstanding. Right, and the you know part of the money brought in goes to the scholarship fund, so. Um, yeah, should we talk about that just quickly? The yeah. chef celebration. Um, the whole point of this foundation is that uh, we raise money throughout the year for culinary education and to send San Diego young San Diego chefs um, to up to Napa Valley to to train and uh, with at the CIA and get continuing education and have a whole wine country experience. It's a uh, it's a very cool thing. Yeah, and it's you know a lot of the chefs that are involved in our dinner series are in the San Diego Beer Week event. They will, they'll, t- you know, they'll nominate someone or they'll, right. what's the word for it? I think nope. nominate, nominate. Yeah. They yeah. have to apply the, the, the cooks apply to go and then yeah. they have to vouch for them. Yeah. You, they're, uh, the, the recipients are, are well vetted. Yeah. Right. I think, um, the chefs around San Diego. So, yeah. um, see a lot of names I know up there. Again, I, I, you know, I love being part of chef celebration because again, it just ties back to what I feel strongly about, which is education and, right. um, you know, grooming, Grooming the next generation of cooks, passing it on. Yeah, I know, because we've, we've spoken in the meetings a lot about the trainings you're doing and how we could possibly utilize that, you know, cross. As part with, of it, sure. Yeah, chef celebration. And um, we just think, you know, what you're doing at Blue Bridge is, is such a great, you know, a great way to educate. and It applies, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm excited to be able to, you know, if I can bring that little perspective or whatever to, to, the, to the program, I... Um, I said, I feel passionately about it. And I just, I think it's a, it's a way of giving back. You know, again, I, I'm so appreciative for all those years I spent with Jeff, for instance, and, and all the chefs that I worked with along the way and, and the the teaching that came along with that, that being able to pass that on to the next generation, it's kind of like, our, it's our duty as yeah. chefs, you know, yeah. keep, keep <laughs> you it alive. Keep it Great. Keep it going. Um, all right. Any last, any last comments? I'm very pleased with all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have any more diatribes. To I go know. On. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, I'd love to, uh, if I could, just plug the yeah. upcoming dinner we have at Leroy's oh, Kitchen please. Lounge with Society Brewing, Ooh. which I'm super excited about. They're my favorite brewery um, in San Diego, and um, we're pouring a very special beer that they uh, only sell at the brewery for the dessert course that Lori is really excited about because she always gets stuck with like coffee or something. She doesn't always get it. Yeah. So um, we made sure to get her a great beer um, to pair with the dessert, and so she's really excited about that. And um and that's going to be an awesome dinner. So when is it? Uh, October. Oh, it's October seventeenth. It? There it is. Oh, fifty five bucks. <laughs> oh, fifty five bucks. Five beers, four course meal. Yep. Yeah, it's a five. it's a steal. Um, it's it's four courses, but we always do a little right. kind of mousse. So it really is yeah. kind of like five. Um, but yeah, fifty five bucks in um society. I mean, they're just. They're amazing. That's Every, really everything they brew is delicious. So that was a fun one to go do yeah. the tasting and <laughs> uh, figure out what beers we're going to pour and write that menu. Yeah. Uh, Travis, <laughs> uh, lead brewer, founder of Society, um, he is an avid hunter. So oh. when we do these beer dinners, we always try to look for a little bit of um, 
we do so many of them that you always want to find some inspiration to tie yeah. back to what it is other than just what the beer tastes like. And so kind of philosoph- philosophically, I guess. And um, when I found out that he was a hunter and we started talking about all the hunting he was doing and he showed me pictures of um, the food that they cooked from the game that he, that he'd hunted and stuff like that. Um, we decided to use that as some inspiration for the menu. So we're doing cool. some, some fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. All right, guys. Well, you can find more information at bluebridgehospitality.com. Their Instagram is also bluebridgehospitality. And then all of the different brands also have like their own Instagram and everything as well. So make sure you check those out. Follow Chef Tim Kalenko on Instagram. Um, and you can also look up Blue Bridge on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks thank for having you. Me. Appreciate it. You guys can find out and follow our or sign up for our email on dianlocalsd.com. And you can follow Cat at dianlocalsd underscore cat. Yeah. You can see where she eats lunch. All the time. All the time. So so Martali- I saw your Martali post yeah. today. I forgot so to good. thank you for that. Yeah. I was very happy that it looked so good. I saw the dish. I was like, oh, great. It only <laughs> took it only took me like 40 like. photos to get that one. So. <laughs> yeah. We got to practice. I know. Practicing. I'm practicing. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you.